Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hashtag not committed. Welcome into another edition of Not Committed. I am your host, Zach Barry. Like always, contrary to the title of this here podcast, we are committed to bringing you the latest news and uh, pretty much all the comings and goings of Ole Miss football and uh, its recruiting. Uh, this week, Ole Miss made a couple analyst hires, and uh, one of those is uh, Mr. Patrick Carter. He has joined us here on the show. Patrick, thank you for the time, man. How we doing? I'm doing very well. How you doing today? I'm good. We uh, we were talking about before we hit the record button. You're uh, you're getting someone acclimated to uh, to life in in Oxford, and uh, getting on a you know on the staff and getting you know getting up to speed. We were talking a little bit earlier today about uh you know you've been in been in meetings a lot, but you know just before we we take it back to before Ole Miss, you know, how's uh, the transition been? Trans- transition is, is happening slowly. Um, no complaints on that, though, since everything else seems to be happening pretty fast. Uh, football is football, uh, right? So studying, making sure you learn the guys, figure out what guys do well. Um, the city has, so far has been amazing. Um, the weather's been a little bit of a little bit of off because there's rain out Texas. We don't get that much rain, but um, no complaint from me. Um, but outside of that, just just finding my way around and, and making sure that I am where I'm supposed to be on time. So going back, you know, long before Ole Miss, um, going back to your high school days uh, with the Lakewood High School in St. Petersburg. Um, I look, I mean. Wrote about it this week. Looking at the Wikipedia page, it is uh, it is lengthy. Uh, <laughs> an accomplished high school career. Uh, did a little bit of everything. Uh, ran the four by one hundred. Set some uh, some high school records there. Uh, we're on a basketball team that that won thirty three games, and uh, broke a state record for block shots. And then uh, played a little football as well. Uh, before you got to Georgia Tech and before you got to Louisville, um, 
for someone that was so, you know, spread out and, and doing a lot of things, wearing a lot of different hats uh, in high school, what was, what did you think would be your passion or what did you think was going to open those doors as a multi-sport guy in high school? Well, that was just the norm. Um, being from the state of Florida, you don't specialize like some of these other states do in a single sport. You pretty much play every sport. Um, you're, you're actually kind of frowned upon. You just play one sport. So that was just the the everyday life of, of being an athlete in the state of Florida. Um, I had a lot of big shoes to follow um cousin being Dwight Gooden um pitched for the Yankees and Mets cousin being you know Gary Sheffield played for the Marlins and the Yankees my older brother Tim Carter um played for the Giants and and the Auburn Tigers so I had quite a few few uh shoes to fill a lot of people looking at me to to carry the torch and I'm all I'm the youngest in the family so I'm the most competitive and growing up, I'm not even the the second fastest <laughs> Carter brother. Uh, both my older brothers ran faster than I did, and I ran four two. So uh, one of them qualified for um, the Olympic trials, and so it's it's just a competitive nature, saying that hey, you know, whatever you can do, I can do better. Um, and what that did is it made me strive that way in the classroom, and it made me strive that way in the field. And as I became older, I'm, I'm the same way in the community. So I uh, try and make sure and leave wherever I go better than how I found it um, and just and, and just be me, um, you know, personable and and competitive. You know, I'm not going to be the most bolsterous person, but to understand I'm, my goal is to get that dub. And if you're my opponent, yeah, I feel sorry for you. So that's all, just everyday life of, of being a Florida athlete. So out of all the sports you played in high school, you were successful in, in in all of them. But, you know, what did you think was going to be the one that was going to, you know, lead the way, open those doors out of all the uh, football, ba- uh, football, basketball, and, and track? So I would say definitely football. And the only reason I feel that way is because I felt like it was the easiest of all the sports, to be honest with you. Um, I hated running track. I absolutely despise running track. I did it out of sheer understanding of how it would impact me in the other sports and my explosiveness. So that's why I ran track. And, of course, if I'm going to do it, I might as well strive to be the best. Um, basketball, uh, I, I was coming off the bench, six-man, behind five, you know, D1 athletes. So I was no complaints there at all. And I knew my role. I wasn't I wasn't a major scorer. My job was to play defense, and I accepted that role, and I, I made sure, and again, I wanted to be the best in, in that role. That helped us go 33-2 and two and win state there as well. And then football, for me, I felt like it was just super simple. Um, I was one of the fastest kids on the field. I could throw really well because I used to pitch, um, play baseball, up until my what sophomore year, freshman year of high school. So throwing the football was super, super simple. Um, my legs allowed me to kind of get in and out of trouble whenever uh, I was so pleased. So I just used that to get me to college. My goal was never to go play in the NFL. Um, I, I worked at a dental office, um, league in the league in, in St. Petersburg for 
my entire high school career. And I was, in my mind, I was going to dental school. So I just used football to help me earn a scholarship so I could go to dental school. That was my, that was my career goal. You mentioned the, the ability to use your legs and, you know, talk about the speed and all that, but, um, you know, initially signed and, and went to Georgia Tech was the, the triple option. Was that something that was a, a draw to you? Is, is that kind of dual threat quarterback? Lord, no. Um, so Chan Gailey <laughs> was the coach there at that time who had just come from the NFL. Um, so he was running an NFL-style offense. Um, but, you know, back in the day, 24-7 wasn't around. Uh, Rivals wasn't around. Like, they, well, matter of fact, they were just starting. Um, so understanding the conferences, it wasn't as uh, prevalent as it is now. So I didn't really understand, you know, walking into the ACC that there's tiers of, of programs, right? I just felt like everybody that earned a college scholarship was was pretty darn good. So um, I went to Georgia Tech out of simply want to be around my oldest brother. So I'm from Atlanta. I was born in Atlanta. My oldest brother lived in Atlanta at that time. Um, UGA had just signed um, – I cannot remember that quarterback's name, but they just signed the quarterback. Miami had just taken the quarterback. Um, Chris Leak was at Florida and um, – um, I think Adrian McPherson just going to Florida State. So the only close school that was close to home was Georgia Tech. So that's the reason why I selected Georgia Tech initially. Okay, so you were you were way back. So this was pre Paul Johnson. So I completely misspoke. So you you totally missed the flex bone. So you didn't have yes. to worry about running the option. Um, Oof, Lord no. <laughs> and I've tried. And I'm trying to think. Um, I'm I'm trying to to do some math in my head. So Georgia was that like back when was it DJ Shockley? I, DJ is a hair older than me. Okay. Uh, All right. Me, yeah. Okay, so yeah. maybe maybe it was Aaron Murray. Is that? That name does not ring a bell. Okay. At all. Not, <laughs> not important, but um, so yeah, so you so you were there. Um, Played on uh, some some really good Georgia Tech teams. Um, back up to Reggie Ball, um, which I, I know that um, a lot of uh, a lot of good friends in the in the dorm um, were big fans of Reggie because uh, playing NCAA football, he would just throw it up to to number twenty one a lot. Um, but uh, I, I will say a little inside baseball here. Um, I did know of you previously before you were hired by Ole Miss because I did did a little research and <laughs> I would tell a friend I was like, "Hey, the backup quarterback for Georgia Tech on the video game is really fast. And if you put him in and like you know either short yardage or like third and long situations, you can just kind of run around and then yep. you know either, either throw it or you can just outrun everybody." Yep. Um, You're right. But, those times of those you you're playing at Georgia Tech and you know you um you were you were a backup to Reggie Ball and playing that position you played it in high school and then um you also ran track while you were there as well I mean you said that football was always you know very simple for you and it just came naturally um was there ever a time when you were playing football and running track that you thought like hey I might need to pick one 
Not at all. Um, uh, not from a mental capacity, from a physical capacity, yes, uh, because the neither program, neither Georgia Tech nor Louisville was very accommodating in that aspect. Not a complaint, just the realism of of what it is. I signed this uh, football scholarship, so they wanted me to be present for all the football activities. Um, so that physical load um, definitely took a toll during the season, and it definitely impacted my my times. Um, I was still able to be productive and, and score points for for our programs and 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 capture uh, a championship conference championship with with our team. But ultimately, you know, I would have liked to have been uh, fully committed to the track season, uh, although I understand why that wasn't uh, allowed and wasn't the case because, you know, even at Louisville, I, I was able to set on um, a 60-meter record. I know I could have set um, it even even lower and the 100-meter record and probably the 200-meter record as well. So it was, it was give and take. I knew what I was getting into doing both sports um, during the spring, and it actually just allowed me to um, kind of just – just get away. Um, football is is a 365 grind and being able to jump on the track was was more or less relaxing mentally, um, even though physically it was it was a grind. So before you left Atlanta and and went on over to, to Louisville, um, you know, taking away from those years, you know, nobody wants to be the backup, but you know, doing like you said, you know, you committed to this football scholarship. You you had to see it through. Um, what kind of what, what were the the lessons or what what were the the things that you learned from that experience before moving on to Louisville? Um, you're right. One pointing out that nobody really wants to be the backup. Um, surprisingly, because like I stated prior, um, my goal was to go to dental school. When I chose Georgia Tech, obviously everybody knows that's an engineering school. I just assumed that they were just as excellent in the dental world. That drove my decision more than the athletic side because I went to Louisville because Louisville has such a prominent dental program. Um, so from an athletic standpoint, uh, it wasn't necessarily being the backup because I ended up being a starting punt returner um, that year. And my last year playing, and I knew I would transition to a different position. Um, and I did not mind playing alongside Calvin Calvin Johnson. That made my life a whole lot easier. But my primary goal again was to go to dental school. When you when you're playing quarterback and Calvin Johnson as a true freshman walks in the door, your mindset is this is what an NFL receiver looks like. I knew that wasn't me. So I would I call myself being more realistic, saying, Hey, let me make sure I get into the right dental program, get into the right university so that when I make this transition out of football, um, you know, I'm heading in the right direction. So that drove the decision more than more than being the backup. So that was that's what drove the transfer decision. Otherwise, I would have if Georgia Tech had a, a, a prominent dental program, I would have probably switched positions, being one probably actually the fastest kid on the team. And I would have found a way to work my way onto the field, which is something I ended up doing at Louisville. 
Before before moving on to your time at Louisville, I have to ask because the a couple years you were there and a couple years after you had left, Georgia Tech and Georgia, those games were tight. Um, yes. Do you do you ever think it'll get back to that? I, I, no. It, <laughs> no, not I mean, why, Georgia, not while Kirby's there. No. Yeah, I, it's it's crazy because I I remember. I. I I mean, I'm not that young, but like I remember, like Joe Hamilton and those Georgia Tech teams that were that were really competitive. And you know, Georgia back then is not what they are now. Um, right. But but yeah, I mean, like the the couple years, and this was a nationally ranked Georgia team. This wasn't a down Georgia year by any means, but that clean old fashioned hate game was was pretty close. Uh, that window that you were there, so I, yeah. I'm with you. I don't think it'll ever be that close ever again. I I don't think it'll ever be that close ever again. Um, right. The, I mean, you got to realize we had we had uh what five NFL defensive players. Um, with um James at safety, Dewan Landry in the plan for Baltimore, Kieran Fox and Daryl Smith. That well, key key Fox played it, you know, for the Chiefs. Daryl Smith played for the Jaguars. Eric Henderson, who is now a Super Bowl champion with the uh, with the Rams, um, and um, I, what everybody who everybody knows now as Roman Reigns, um, they were all on that defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it was we we had the talent um, to be competitive with a Georgia. But in order to beat a Georgia, you have to have that depth, and that was the part that um, that kind of kind of bit us in the butt. We definitely definitely were competitive against Georgia. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non barbecue options from Tex Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish. And they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza Fairways and large championship Bermuda Greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. 
Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we are back here talking with new Ole Miss football analyst, Patrick Carter. All right, so you leave Georgia Tech. You head over to Louisville. You said that it was, a, you know, I think for the most part, a an academic decision where you, you said that they had a very, you know, respected dental program. So you go over there. Um, but while you're over there and you, you just so happen to be on a football team that had the likes of Harry Douglas, Gary Barnage, Michael Bush, Brian Brom, um, Bilal Powell. I mean, you you guys had a squad. Um, moving from, you know, same conference now, both in the ACC now, but back then going from, you know, Georgia Tech to, to Louisville, what was that transition like? So let me paint a picture. Um, When I committed to going to Louisville, I don't think anybody on the staff knew who I was. I didn't even know where Louisville was. I went there in the summer, and because I had no idea where Louisville was, I wore a starter jacket. And if anybody knows starter jackets, you know how big and thick they were. The first day when I got off the plane, because I thought it was going to be freezing cold, I thought it was further north for whatever reason. So I hadn't done any true geographical like research on them or their football program um, prior to going there. But once I got there, um, I had no idea what I was walking into. I did not know I was going to play for one of the most intelligent, committed coaches um, in Coach Petrino. I had no idea that, you know, I was going to have a beast quarterback in Brian Brom with his brother, you know, helping him run the show. Reggie Bush, you know, 
Kobe Smith, Bilal Powell, Harry Douglas, Mario Uri, and like I actually stayed with Mar- uh, Mario on his sofa when I initially got there because I had nowhere to stay. Like there was no housing set for me. There was there was literally nothing. I'm in my first day of practice. I had like a '90s number um, because they they just they they had nothing set up for me um, to go as a walk on. So it was interesting um, in that fact. But again, that competitive nature. Uh, I was I was one of two walk ons that I really remember. There was another one, Chris Vaughn, who had just transferred in for Notre Dame. We ended up being roommates, and we had similar temperaments. Very quiet but we were super aggressive all the time. And I think that stood out uh, to to Coach Petrino, uh, both Petrinos, because his brother was my receiver coach. And that's what what got us both put on scholarship in, in our first semester. So I literally just believed in my ability to go out and compete. It wasn't, you know, I'm going to scout this school and and I feel like I deserve this or that. It was literally, hey, I'm here. I don't know what you have, but I know what I bring to the table. I'm going to go out there and compete, and I'm going to earn a scholarship because, you know, that's why I'm here. And that that was probably the best um, experience of my life, having to claw and fight every single day. Um, you make enemies with your friends. Um, like, we're friends off the field, but on the field, that you would have thought, you know, they were my worst enemy. And what it did was it made the team stronger together because all they saw, you know, these these walk-ons out there, you know, mixing it up with everybody else and made other receivers do the same thing. And the next thing you know, our run game is phenomenal. And then that opens up the pass game. And you, everybody knows how well Petrino can draw pass plays and score points. So it literally just – it created a culture – that from that day forward, I was like, this is what I want to be around. I want to be around this level of excellence every single every single thing I do. So it's, it was definitely a great learning experience and molded how I move, you know, to date. So that first year there, not bad. You guys go 12-1. and one. You win the Big East. You right. win the Orange Bowl. Um, probably something that we – won't say for a long time. One loss, the lone loss was to Rutgers on the last um, play of the game. I mean, and I mean that was a um, you know a two thousand six Rutgers team that that had um, Ray Rice, know, Mike Mike Teal at quarterback, Ray Rice, Brian mm-hmm. Leonard was a fullback that. Um, some people know, um, but yeah, just times are different now. I, I don't know if Rutgers will ever be, I think they finished the year 11 and two that year, yeah. Greg Schiano. Um, but win the rest of the games, you win the big East, you win an orange bowl. Um, you, you know, you, you mentioned playing for, for Bobby Petrino and then that, you know, murders row guys that you played alongside that, you know, several of them went to play in the NFL and things like that. And then, you know, you had your part in it as well. And, um, you know, switching from quarterback to receiver, what was that transition like? And then also, you know, finding that success that, that you had, you, you had come accustomed to in high school at the college level. Mm, gotcha. So 
switching from quarterback to receiver um, mentally was simple. It was super simple. Um, there was less I had to be um, aware of on every single play, and there was less like there was less accountability for other people's jobs at receiver. I had to make sure I did my job, um, and and potentially you know help out my my fellow receiver on that side of the ball. Physically, it was the worst experience ever in life. I felt like. Um, they run so much. Like as receivers, we run and run. And I felt like a soccer player. Like I almost quit football. So what most people don't know is I actually transferred to University of Florida before going to uh, Louisville in that in between that that small little window. And at Florida, I almost quit. I literally almost shut it down, quit football because I was completely a receiver there. That was Tim Tebow's rookie year, um, and Chris Leak was the quarterback. And I couldn't believe how much they ran and how little anybody cared about how much they ran. So it made me appreciate the receivers because I've been playing quarterback all this time. And when two minute drill happens, you know, I'm getting on my guys to get back. And once I had that perspective, you know, I was, I was a whole lot more uh, understanding of it. Once I went back to quarterback, um, as one of the backups when Brom got hurt and Hunter was in, I ended up going back to quarterback. So it gave me a little bit of empathy and understanding of how I can manipulate the clock and still take care of my guys' legs. But physically, um, while I was in college, there were intangibles that I knew I had um, when it came to just the will to uh, do what was necessary to win. So, for example, I played the slot um, and – I knew I wasn't that good of a route runner, but I was the fastest person on the field. And I knew we had really good running backs, so I took pride in blocking. Um, me and my roommate, me and Chris, we literally would have competitions on who's going to get the most pancakes, who's going to get the most sealed blocks. You know, did our guy touch the running back at all in any form or fashion? And we understood that that would help the run game tremendously. And that mentality uh, is what got me on the field um, at Go look at my stats. My what junior year, I had only five passes. I went five for five um, because I understood. Look, physically, I don't run routes as well as everybody else, but I can do my job. I'm not going to make any mental errors. I'm going to be an asset to the team, and I'm I'm going to be a good culture player. Like I'm not going to be out there, you know, pouting or upset that I'm not getting the ball. I'm going to make sure I have a positive attitude and cheer on my teammates. And then you'll see my senior year where I had a small stint where. Um, Mario and Harry were injured, and I think I went like 20, 25 of 26 passes. I had 25 catches out of 26 attempts or something like that on the year. And I think I almost went for like 200 yards in, in one game or something crazy, like over a two-game period or something like that. But at that point, I was a little bit more refined, and I understood, you know, how I could contribute in that role. But when they came back, there was no issue with me going back to my role of you know blocking and being a decoy and being a great teammate again i understood culture and i value winning more than i value um you know me getting individual accolades so after louisville we're moving on to the nfl um and and kind of 
moving into you know what we're eventually going to talk about in the final segment with you as an, an analyst and getting into the coaching world and and what you what you do now and what you did before Ole Miss hired you but you know you get to the NFL and you get signed as a free agent but I mean the the list of guys that that you had contact with while you were in the NFL is is pretty remarkable I mean you worked uh you worked with Cam Cameron um you, you know Brian Dable Ike Hilliard you know um lots of uh you know Carl Durrell was a guy that you also worked with while you were in the NFL and um you know you Played for the Ravens, the Bucks, the Seahawks, uh, the Broncos, and then you um, ended with the Dolphins. But um, you know, just being around, you know, being in the league in general, and then being around all of those those big names and those those guys that are well respected. You know, not as just, you know offensive guys, but also just coaches and, and people in that business. You know, what have you taken? from those experiences and, and, and what are you trying to implement moving forward with what you're doing with Ole Miss and beyond? I would have to say um, culture. So I was very blessed to go to Baltimore first. Uh, it was Harbaugh's first year. Uh, obviously the defense uh, was the best defense in the league with, you know, all of those Hall Hall of Famers on it, Gray Lewis, Ed Reed, Bart Scott, loading out of, um, you know, uh, and what I saw was how they came together and met without the coaches. They were they were leaders within the team, and they didn't wait for the coaches to do the leading. Um, and I saw that culture, and Harbaugh was trying to bring that same culture to the offense. And then as I transitioned to different organizations, I saw why they struggled to have that success because that culture wasn't the same. Either the coaches um, didn't take it upon themselves to lead the way by example, um, or the players didn't take it upon themselves to follow the coaches lead who were leading by example, um, or they didn't have leadership, you know, that would buy in from within. You know, I'm playing on teams with Hall of Famers like Rondé Barber, um, with good corners like Akeem Tlaib and some of the other guys on the team. And the younger guys didn't understand, you know, the importance of the preparation that the veteran, now Hall of Famer, um, did understand. So you start seeing the difference. Then I transitioned to, you know, Seattle, where Pete Carroll's in his first year, uh, just left with Coach Holmgren, uh, who actually brought me in. And he understood culture, right? Because you he had all that success at USC, and then you saw the quick change that transpired with them, even with the rookie quarterback with with uh Russell Wilson coming in that same year. So I understood the importance of culture and how to build it and how to identify, you know, where where's where's the lack or where's the, the lapse in that that culture. So I took that into um me coaching, me training, um, and it's it's yielded great benefits with us. You know, my high school program winning five state championships in the last six years. We've been six straight years in a row. So I feel like that's the foundation to any good program. 
Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here on Not Committed, closing things up with Patrick Carter, new Ole Miss football analyst. So leaving the NFL, um, you get into a little bit of the business world before getting back into football, um, you know, become the co-owner of a, of a, a company that was contracted uh, for FedEx, um, which is a pretty big deal um i think pretty much everybody knows what fedex does and uh right. if you're uh if you're, if you're getting contracted by them you're doing something right um Indeed. and then uh you and your wife uh joint owners of uh life's purpose helping um you know youth around the country and um you know with the support of community and, and different nonprofit organizations um, so you uh, you had your hand in, in several different things, and then we, we didn't talk about it earlier, but before um, before the transfer portal and before you had the the one you know the one time free transfer rule, you know mm. back in the day when you transferred, you had to sit out a year, and, and yes. you, you utilized that that little uh, that little window there, and you you served uh, I think over a thousand hours of uh, you know volunteering your own time with you know, Habitat for Humanity, but um, right. going from, you know, just sports, 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 and, and just constant competition and constant, you know, trying to, you know, build that athletic resume, and then you leave the NFL, and then you get into the business side of things, and then, 
you know, getting back into football and doing the, the private coaching and private training. Um, you know, what do you think, you know, you took from that, you know, brief post NFL window where you were working on the business side of things and then getting into the, the private coaching and training, what was it you probably say is the best thing you took from that, you know, business, you know, sports to business and then back to sports. Um, um, so I would definitely have to say culture once again. So both businesses um, were very culture based. Um, you're dealing with FedEx, you're dealing with your customers, you're dealing with um, the neighborhood in, in general. At the end of the day, you see a FedEx truck flying through a neighborhood that's, that's going to raise some red flags. So working with your employees to buy into safety um, takes culture. It takes you learning the person, learning how they learn, learn what's important to them. And once you understand what's important to them, it's a little bit easier to incentivize them to um, buy into what's important to the company as long as they see a reason why that benefits them. So just those types of lessons um, presented themselves daily um, in both industries, our life's purpose, our children's organization, um, we deal with boys and we now are contracting for girls. It's a contract with the state. You're dealing with children who have come from um, broken homes where their parents are either incarcerated or passed away or in some form of nature. And again, you're trying to build a culture because um, kids come into the facility. Um, these are 6,000, 5,000 square foot homes, but they are broken emotionally and they have trust issues. So you're trying to figure out how do I build a, a, a culture around them so that not only do they trust the people around them so that they can flourish, but now the people who are around them buy in to why they should be doing X, Y, and Z so that this child can not only reach their potential, but see some good in the world um, and find somebody who they can look to and say, Hey, I like them as a leader, as a mentor, um, I want to keep them in my lives and what they're telling me is important enough for me to to buy into my own life and not only finish school, but to go to college and, and start a family and acquire either a trade or a job or things of that nature. So those are the from the business side, it, it became more prevalent of how important culture is and was um, because there's a lot of. Um, it takes for granted because you, you're having success. And in a lot of cases, people take it for granted and you see that success diminish. And sometimes once it starts to snowball, there's nothing you can do to stop it. So once I started transitioning from that into sports, that became any and everything and actually turned down about seven or eight high school coaching jobs um, before I, I um, took the one at KK. So moving into your role with Ole Miss, and you've used the word culture quite a bit during our conversation, and I, I find that interesting because I, I do think that that's something that is on Lane Kiffin's agenda with what he's trying to do and trying to cultivate at Ole Miss. And we, we, we spoke with um, Kelvin Bolden, the coordinator of recruiting strategy, um, a couple weeks ago, and and he talked a lot about how Lane Kiffin just kind of lets his guys be guys and, and like he's not going to change 
you know, who you are or how you go about your business. As long as you get things done, he, he likes that, you know, everybody has a personality and he wants everybody to, 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 you know, have that personality, you know, in the forefront and, and, and using that as a way to bring people to Ole Miss. And you, you've mentioned culture quite a bit. And I think that that's, that, uh, that's a, a very unique and, and fitting thing with, with you being on that staff now, because I think that that's kind of, on that same wavelength where he wants, you know, everybody to, you know, bring their own style and personality. So, you know, being hired as an analyst and and you've worked as a, you know, a private coach and private trainer. And then you recently, you know, were coaching defensive backs at, at the Kincaid school, but, you know, what do you look to bring to Ole Miss a, a, as an analyst? Uh, one, just the ability to learn. Um, that is something that uh, I feel like I have a high acumen for. And then take my plan, not only my playing experiences from successes to failure, not only my training experiences from successes to failure, not only my business experiences from successes to failures, including entrepreneurship, bringing all of those to the table and they're going to be applied in different manners. But if I don't, for example, learn the offense in detail, then I can't apply what I've learned playing physically. If I don't learn the child or the, the student athlete in detail, then I can't help them either overcome whatever little dark shadows they have or, or their inspiration or find what they want from Ole Miss including Ole Miss's culture so that they buy into the culture that Ole Miss has. It, you know, take my my business experience and talk to the kids who are getting this NIL money about, hey, these are some ways that you might want to look into to leveraging these funds so that if and or when football ends, not if, when football ends, you know, you set a path that is, you know, tra- has a positive trajectory versus, you know, you've had this, this slight bump in, and now you're on the downside of this bell curve. And then, you know, when it comes to um, the, the training side, again, learning how the child learns or the student athlete learns so that I can best help them maximize their physical abilities because everybody's capable of, of learning. It's just people learn at different rates and different speeds and in different manners. So that allows me to get the best out of every athlete within the system, within the culture that's being built. And then once, you know, I built that trust with the athlete because I've done my portion of learning and humbling myself and and putting, you know, their wants and needs ahead of mine, it allows me to hold them to my standard now. It allows me to now impose my standard on them of excellence. And then what ends up happening is now not only are they playing, you know, for themselves, but now they're playing for me because I've not only invested in them as a person, um, in the program, but now I'm I'm taking it to a whole nother level. You know, the power of expectation is amazing, and I've I've grown to believe in it, and I've seen it, and I've witnessed it firsthand. So I know that once I've done my portion of learning and and humbling myself, and um, and just being the best support system I can early on, then I can take all the things that I know I have in in my uh, repertoire and bring that to the forefront to not only improve the student athlete, but 
to support and improve on the culture and, and our, our uh, university. So that's what I bring to the table. So one what, quick follow-up, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're going to give me a, a, you know, a non quick <laughs> answer, which right. is, which is great. Um, but you're a guy that you've been there, done that in terms of athletics, but then you've also done things on the business side and, you know, in the year 2023, it's it's impossible to talk about college football and, and not mention NIL. And I, I did want to ask you, you know, with your time, you know, in college and then, you know, really looking at the academic side of things with you had this plan this whole time, of, you know, of dental school and you were very, you know, strategic with how you did things and how you looked at different schools. But like now, you know, getting out of the NFL and then, you know, having, you know, successful businesses and, and doing things outside of athletics, what kind of impact and, you know, how do you think that that will help you connect and, and, and really, um, you know, have that, that kind of, you know, difficult conversation with guys where they're, you know, Hey, I I like, I like X school and I like, I like Y school, but I'm looking for, you know, how to maximize my NIL opportunities as someone that's been in that business world and knows, you know, how to get to that bottom line, how do you think you can, you can make a, a significant impact? So I have a couple um, just takes on it. One, I feel like the NIL is a, is a positive. Um, I feel like it's something that allows the athletes to be able to take care of home in some form or fashion. Um, yes, they're going to, you know, some kids are going to use it in different manners, but for the most part, you know, just knowing the sport and, and knowing the, the demographics that a lot of kids are coming from. And even if they're coming from an affluent demographic, their parents have obviously, you know, shown an ability to, to positively manage money and it just allows them to accelerate their life goes and plans. So um, I'm a huge advocate for it. Um, I hope, you know, that we have a, a, a larger um, buy-in with the, the NIL here at Ole Miss, not to say that we don't have a large one already. Um, I just know out there in Texas, it's it's a it's a whole lot different landscape out there. Um, but it's pretty a simple answer because it's not a matter of, hey, you know, come here because you're going to get all this money. Yes. Come here because you're going to excel on the field, off the field. You're going to get a great education, as you could anywhere else, right? What you do with your education is is up to you and it's in your hands. But you're going to be around the right type of people who are going to mentor you. And when you do get your NIO money, you're, you're not going to be carelessly left to spend it however you want as some of the other big programs, you've seen them, you know, drop the ball in that aspect. Some of these other programs have promised kids a certain amount of money and those kids never see those funds. Um, so this is a program, you know, of integrity and, and character. And that's one of the reasons why, that's one of the primary reasons why um, I accepted a position here is because um, the, the individuals that I, I dealt with on a consistent basis, uh, Austin, he's absolutely amazing but he demonstrated integrity and character that entire time. So, you know, what, what they say they're going to do, they actually follow through with. 
and then they're going to guide you if the child allows, right? Because again, you know, if the child is closed mind or his circle is closed off to where you can't, you know, penetrate it and he's not going to take your advice on it, then you make, you live and die with your decisions when you do get those funds. So full support of the NIL, full support of, you know, battling with these other programs when it comes to that. But the kids are going to come here. They're going to they're gonna play in the best conference in football. They're going to be able to show their, showcase their talents against the best athletes in football. The scouts are going to be at our games and and the money's available. So there's there's nothing here in my opinion that that other schools can say they have that that we don't have, right? We got big cities right around us less than, you know, an hour away. This is the perfect perfect um college town and and the facilities are are up to par with everybody else. So at the end of the day, when it comes to the table, it's just a matter of building those relationships. I feel like that's going to be the most important portion to um, getting kids to come to, to Ole Miss. Again, thank you to, uh, to Patrick for joining us. This was, uh, this was great. This was uh, incredibly enlightening, and, and I appreciate your candor and, and, and you know, just being an, an open book with, with your journey and, and how it got you to Ole Miss. Um, that's going to do it for this edition. I'm not committed. Um, you can find uh, this episode and, and everything else in regards to Ole Miss football, Ole Miss football recruiting and, and beyond um, at OleMissSpirit.com, part of On3. Um, we, will, uh, we will keep you in the know uh, as, as the, you know, a little bit of a lull in recruiting right now, but uh, the transfer portal is probably going to pick back up here in the next couple of weeks. And um, the 2024 class, is uh is rock and rolling and um we'll have all of that coverage and more again thank you to patrick carter for joining us thank you to the listener for tuning in and of course thanks to the sponsors for making this show possible until next time for patrick i'm zach this has been not committed we out bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.